Uh, ladies, welcome. So we're continuing the study of the Tehilim, and today we get to chapter 92. And it is a classic. Are you unbelievable? It's exactly what it is. It's, uh, it, it, i tell you the page. Okay, it's right after chapter 91. That doesn't help you? 220. All right. And the uh, chapter is, as was mentioned, <clears throat> this chapter is uh, one of the more popular chapters. It is actually recited, it was recited in the Beta Mikdash on Shabbat. Every day in the Beta Mikdash there was a song of the day. And uh, it was led by the Leviim. If you were from the tribe of Levi, so you were part of the choir. <clears throat> the choir existed not only of singers, but also instrumental. And there was a special chapter that they would sing at the temple by the Mizbeach every day. This would be the song of Shabbat. We have a similar custom that we sing the song of the day in Shul. If you make it to the end, uh, before Alin al there's the Shir Shel Yom. So today is Wednesday. Hayom Yom Rebi'i B'Shabbat Kodesh. Hashir Shehayu HaLeviim Omnim Al-Aduchan El Nekamot Hashem. On Friday, uh, we say Hashem Malach Utlavesh. And on Shabbat, we say Mizmor Shir Le'Yom HaShabbat. So that's the history of the song. <clears throat> There's a big discussion in who wrote this chapter. I'm not going to stick my head uh, in between the giants and weigh in. But you should know, according to Rashi, Rashi believes that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote this chapter, so it's part of the Moshe collection. And others will say that Adam Rishon wrote the chapter when Shabbat came. When the first Shabbat came, so he praised God for that. And others say, well, it's uh, Tehilim of David Abelich. So he wrote it. The Benish Hai says that the chapter is the chapter of David. I'll explain to his logic. Because David was very grateful every time Shabbat came. Because he asked God at one point in his life, <clears throat> when am I going to die? And God said, well, that's uh, private information. We don't give that out to, uh, to the people. When it happens, you'll know. Uh, you'll be the first one to know about it. <laughs> but we cannot tell you exactly when that's going to happen. And David and Melissa said, well, could you at least tell me the day? Of the week. And God said, yeah, we can divulge that information. Uh, and uh, we know one thing is for sure, that uh, you're going to die on Shabbat. So uh, every time uh, Shabbat came, it says David Amelik was very worried. And then uh, once Shabbat ended and he survived, he would say, Shabbat. Whoa. It's good to give gratitude to Hashem. I made it. Another Shabbat passed, and now we knew at least he has another week, another week to live. So this was David's gratitude that he passed the Shabbat. So it's almost as if it's a reverse. He wasn't looking forward to Shabbat. He was actually looking forward to Mutzay Shabbat. <laughs> you know, some people look forward to Shabbat. I know more people that look forward to when Shabbat ends. In David's case, I'm sure he looked forward to Shabbat, but he was very grateful that he survived it. And therefore, Mizmor Shid, it's almost as if it's saying Mizmor Shid le Motzei Shabbat. That, uh, that's the uh, interpretation of the Benish Chai. The question is, what would Moshe's connection be 
to this chapter and uh, why would we mention it? Why would we mention Moshe on Shabbat as well? What is Moshe Rabbeinu's connection to the chapter and to Shabbat? And why does this become the Mizmor? <coughs> uh, let's assume uh, that the average age in the class is 40. That's the way I'm going to make this decision now. Because really you're not supposed to learn Kabbalah until you're 40. But if, no, you're, no, but average age, average age. <clears throat> and therefore, uh, I brought with me, I won't say it too loud, but I brought from you, uh, for you, for your uh, reading pleasure or listening pleasure, a piece from a book called Shara Kavanot. Shara Kavanot is written from Rav Haim Vital. Haim Vital was a star student of Arizal. And he reveals a lot of secrets about everything. And again, it's only studied... Uh, in the uh, Kabbalistic yeshivas, but this piece, I believe, is essential in order to understand this chapter. So let's read Shara Kabanot, and then we'll go back to the chapter, and you will see this chapter in a whole totally different light. If you have a Sidur, uh, that will help you uh, as well. So on Shabbat, when we pray the Amidah, I don't know if you paid attention, every Amidah of Shabbat is different. They're all unique Amidahs. The Friday night Amidah, we say Atakidachta. Shabbat morning, we say Yismach Moshe. And then Shabbat, after, Shabbat Musaf, we say Tikanta Shabbat. And Shabbat Mincha, it's Atahad. So every Amidah is a standalone. The Arizal here is teaching us about the Shabbat morning Amidah, which is called Yismach Moshe. Which means Moshe should be happy and Moshe will rejoice. B'matenat Helko. He is happy because he received a gift. What is the gift? The gift that belonged to him. Matenat helko. Well, if it belonged to him, so then it's not a gift. It belongs to him, so it's his. But it seems that there was a, some sort of gift that maybe he temporarily lost. And then when Shabbat came, he got it back. And every Shabbat, Moshe Rabbeinu is happy because he retrieves the gift that God gave him that he temporarily lost. What is he talking about? Let me continue. Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Sinai to receive the law. God gave him 1,000 lights. Uh, lights meaning uh, 1,000 spiritual upgrades. And that would cause Moshe Rabbeinu's face eventually to glow because he received these thousand orot. Uh, there's a remez to this uh, in the book, the book of Chronicles, when it lists all the people, significant people from Adam down. So the book starts, Adam, Shet, Enosh, and so on and so forth. And if you look at the way they spell Adam's name in that book, the Aleph is big. That's called Aleph Rabati, a big Aleph. Because Aleph, ladies, can mean one, but Aleph could also be read Elif. And Elif is a thousand. And since Moshe Rabbeinu received the Elif Orot, uh, and therefore these are Orot that already Adam Arishon had when he was created in Gan Eden. And then they were lost. And then Moshe Rabbeinu would receive them when he would go up to Har Sinai. Hence the Aleph 
of uh, Adam Harishon is found now by Moshe. Hanirmazim be'alef rabati da'adam shet enosh b'devra yamim. Ukshehatu Yisrael ba'egel. You're getting now a parashah class. Next week is the sin of the golden calf. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but coming events, that's what's going to happen. The Jews are going to worship the egel. I won't, I won't tell you what happens after that. Ukshehatu Yisrael ba'egel, when they sin with the golden calf, nistaleku mimenu ba'avon Yisrael. Moshe lost those thousand orot on account of the sins of Israel. So look at that. They sin, and he loses his, uh, his gift. And he only had remaining one of a thousand. So look at that. He lost 999, and he ends up with one. Anybody read the Humash? When God calls Moshe Rabbeinu into the Mishkan, the first word in Parashat Vayikra, it says Vayikra el Moshe. If you look in the Chumash, you'll see the Aleph of Vayikra is written small. The Aliza says, why? That's talking about Moshe after the downgrade. That he went for a small Aleph. He went from a big Aleph, Aleph, to a small Aleph to only have one of the, of the Orot. The he saw, this is the secret of Ha'alif Ze'ira, of the small Alif, the Vayikra El Moshe. Good. Ulfisha Moshe lo ibdam al yedechet atzmo. He didn't lose them because of his sin. He lost them on account of our sin. Ela ba'avon Yisrael, lachen ha'kadosh baruchu mashlim elav elu ha'elif halakim mehalkam shal Yisrael. Amazing. God compensates Moshe by taking the crowns that you mentioned and the orot that we got at Har Sinai, and God gives our orot to Moshe. You figure out, you see what's going on? His were taken, but he shouldn't be left with anything. I mean, he didn't make any sin. So when God took our orot away, he gave ours to Moshe. So good? When we did the egg, they were removed. As it says in the Pasuk, they had to remove their uh, glory that they received at Har Sinai. And Moshe took them. Now listen to a magic secret. Every Arab Shabbat, even today. Today is what? Wednesday. Friday, every Friday, even in our times, Bebolel Shabbat, when the Shabbat comes in, Hozer Moshe Rabbeinu, Allah Shalom, Lakachat Otam, He'arot, Shel Elif Halakim, Shelo Be'atzmam, Shene'ebdu Memenu. God in heaven gives Moshe Rabbeinu back his thousand orot that he lost as a result. This happens every Friday in heaven. You don't see it. What's we on earth? He's giving you behind the scenes what's going on every Arab Shabbat is a is a a, 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 a a meeting with God and Moshe and Moshe Rabbeinu receives a box. Here's your orot. You're getting the back now. How many orot does Moshe Rabbeinu have at this time? Two thousand. He has his plus the ones that God gave him of Bnei Israel. You lost me or no? No. He gets back the one he got. B'nai Israel's thousand. Now he gets his back. So how much is he holding in his pocket on Erev Shabbat? Two thousand. His and the ones that he got from B'nai. It's, it's simple. Take a calculator. You do one thousand plus one thousand 
And then you do equals, and it says 2,000. It's not hard mathematics. But you said Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. There's only 2,000 orot in the world. So on the first Arab Shabbat, he gets his back. Now he's carrying 2,000, but wait. Once he gets his back, he returns to us the orot that we lost. That means every Friday, Moshe Rabbeinu is giving you a gift. He's giving us back temporarily, at least for the Shabbat, the orot that were taken away. So basically when Shabbat comes, everybody's made whole again. Moshe has his orot. We receive our, which we need in order to receive the extra neshama. We need certain upgrades. And every Arab Shabbat... Now, if you, once I read this the first time, I cannot tell you what it did to my Arab Shabbat. You know how excited I was? I'm, you're not the same person. You have a, a have deal, I hate to trivialize this, that when they take the, the smartphone or the dumb phone, whatever you call it, and they give it an upgrade. So I tell you, oh, 16.0, it's a different thing. We got the bugs out, and we got the termites away, and we did everything, we fixed all the apps, and that's going to work perfectly. It's a different phone. Well, every Shabbat, you're a different person because you're getting an upgrade 1,000.0. And then Moshe Rabbeinu says, great. Now, guess what? Arizal says, Moshe did not have to give them back to us because God gave them to him. And technically, Moshe Rabbeinu could say, well, listen, you blew it. God gave me yours, and now God's given me mine. Now I have 2,000, and good luck to you. But Moshe is a tzaddik. And tzaddikim don't like to take something that doesn't really belong to them. They're, they're not so greedy. And therefore, what happens on Friday afternoon is mentioned in the tefillah. Yismach Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu is so happy. Why is he so happy when Shabbat comes? Bimatenat, in the gift of what? Chelko. His share. He does not rejoice in the share of others. Meaning, therefore he relinquishes our share to us. And therefore when Shabbat comes, if somebody tells you on Shabbat, you know, you're glowing. Ah, I know it, of course I'm glowing. But I, I see you on Sunday, you don't have the same glow. Listen, every Moshe Shabbat, the orot are taken away. Moshe's are taken away. He gets ours. His are put back in the bank. And this happens every Friday afternoon where there's a tremendous, tremendous tikkun. Ki Moshe hu Shabbat. Moshe is happy when Shabbat comes. He gets his original chilek back. He's getting it back as a gift and then he makes us whole as well. We recognize this when we say Mizmor Shili Yom Shabbat. Where do we recognize this over here? The song of Shabbat says the Kabbalist. Look at the first Pasuk, ladies. You see it? Mizmor, you see the Mem? You see Shir, the Sheen? You see the Liyom Zalamid? You see the hair? You know what the Rashi Tevot of Bismuth Shilom Shabbat says? The Arizal Le Moshe, Le Moshe. 
the kavanah when we say on Friday night, Mizmor If you look at my sidur, it says in parentheses, Yechaven Tevot In order to appreciate, this is a way of thanking God, and of course thanking Moshe, that Baruch Hashem, uh, although I wasn't worthy, but Moshe, you are such a sadiq. You took back what belonged to you, but you didn't keep the gift that God gave you. You relinquished it and let us share the wealth and enjoy. So that's the first kavanah of his Moshe Shabbat. It's a deeper kavanah, but it's something that definitely we should consider. This would give us a new attitude in uh, accepting the Shabbat. Uh, we, are di- we are different people. Now, there's another approach that the Rav says, and I would like to uh, read that uh, as well. And he says, and I continue, Every Shabbat, you get an extra soul. There's two souls uh, on uh, Shabbat. So you're eating for two people, that's why you have to eat so much uh, on Shabbat. No, I'm not kidding, that has to do with it. Shabbat, and where does the Kiddush of Shabbat come from? Me'otam ha'orot she'lakach Moshe. It comes from those orot that we get. Ve'zeh she'amar, v'zmor she'leyom ha'shabbat, k'lomar, ra'uy l'shorer, we should sing when this day comes. Ve'lezamer ha'yom ha'shabbat, v'fisha'az, because on that day, ma'azirim ha'chelkos shel Moshe. And therefore we get the tosefet, and therefore it's a different, uh, it's a different experience. So that's the first, uh, the first item. Second item. Okay. Yes. Can you just explain more about what the orot are? What are them? Is it where the, the spiritual? Yes. Let's let's. I'll let you say it better than I can ever say it. We're more spiritual. It's a spiritual upgrade. I don't think it's it's nothing you can see. Uh, you're not getting any calories. So you don't have to worry about that. It's a it's a spiritual upgrade. Uh, listen, I think the body needs to be prepared. Uh, let me explain like this. Uh, if somebody. Uh, wants to get when I got my electric car, so they told me you need to put a charger, but you need to you need to raise your whole electric uh, 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 panel because there's not enough electric to charge the car. So you have to change the whole electric to, to, in order that the car can receive this uh, this amount. On Shabbat, you're receiving an extra soul. The body, the way it is, cannot receive this extra soul. You need an upgrade in the grid. So the orot. Do something to our inside, our spiritual makeup, where it can tolerate two neshamot. Otherwise, it'll, it'll short circuit. Otherwise, the body will be able to handle it. So, it's a tremendous gift that Moshe Rabbeinu allows us to experience the Kiddushah of Shabbat. Mind you. Is that why men go to the Mikveh? Of course. Once we know that we're receiving these upgrades, we prepare for them in, in, in a proper way. Uh, but the first. The first requisite of all is to be a Shomer Shabbat. I mean, if you're not a Shomer Shabbat, then none of this. Well, she's not giving away orot to be to people that are not Shomer Shabbat. So I think that's. Uh, I think it goes without saying. Uh, there's a, there's another item, which is to answer your question that the Arizal says here. Some people are not spiritually uh, fit or sound to receive the upgrade of Shabbat. They're just not, for whatever reason. Moshe Rabbeinu, every Arab Shabbat, deals with those weak souls, and like an electrician, fixes those souls, 
to make them worthy to receive the Shamayitira. Which is incredible. So therefore, nobody loses out. Everybody is, is taken care of by Moshe. So Moshe is busy on Erev Shabbat. Don't, 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 don't call Moshe Erev Shabbat. He's busy taking care. He's, he's fixing souls. And he says it. Gam techaven. This is the way I said. Gam techaven beotiot le Moshe. Ki ne Moshe Rabbeinu ala v'shalom. Hu mishtadel. He toils. Bezhirut. With great caution. Hu bezlizut gadol. And great alacrity. Bechol Erev Shabbat. Lehaalot kol haneshamot. To elevate all the neshamot shel b'nei adam of the people hatachtonim that are on earth, she'en b'adam ma'asim tovim. They might not have good deeds hariuim la'alot besod tosefet shabbat that they cannot uh, maybe enjoy tosefet shabbat the extra grades that shabbat gives us. He nemoshirabam bechol erem shabbat yored. It's amazing. His soul comes down to earth. Bekamari bebot neshamot sadikim imo. And when Moshe Rabbeinu comes down on Friday afternoon, he brings a myriad of tzaddikim with him. You don't understand what's going on Erev Shabbat. You don't understand what's going on Erev Shabbat. If you would have the right glasses, you would see the streets feel crowded, not because of the traffic. There's so many tzaddikim that are there that are working on our souls. Uh, they go down. Not only of the dead, that's for another class. Of the living, us. All those that are unable to be elevated on their own. So, uh, we cannot start Shabbat without saying thank you to Moshe. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu did us a great service. We would not be able to feel the enjoyment of the elevation of Shabbat without him. Hence, Mizmor, Shir, Leyom, Shabbat, Rashi, Tevot, Moshe. And this is the, the covenant. Now, I believe if one has this attitude going into Shabbat, it's a different Shabbat. And he knows that he's spiritually charged. It might, uh, he might contemplate and think twice of how he's going to spend uh, you know, the Shabbat. After you hear this, uh, this is uh, uh, not, not a lady's question, but um, when I teach this to the men, uh, it, it, it is not followed by, well, uh, can I play basketball on Shabbat? Because that question becomes a non-starter. It, it, that's a halachic question. Once you know what Shabbat is, that you're receiving all these spiritual upgrades, so that becomes a silly question because you have Sunday for that, you have Monday for that. This is a great day that you're so uh, uh, filled with Kiddushah, why would you uh, squander it uh, on a court? It just puts the whole Shabbat in a different... I'm not giving you halakhic rulings. You'll ask your local rabbi about that. I'm just giving you attitudes that for sure are true. All right. Oh. So uh, when they break up the tehillim, some books are broken up. Why is this hasuf on Thursday? In some tehillim books, they break up by day. Like you say, Sunday, Monday. And this one, 92 starts on Thursday. I had to give a, an off-the-cuff answer. Off the cuff answer is, is that according to the uh, Kabbalists, uh, Shabbat is not the last day of the week. I, I know the, the, the Goyim, I think, call it weekend, but we, we don't call it weekend. Uh, Kabbalah calls it week middle. I'm not asking you to change your calendars and, 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 and all that, but the Kabbalah says Shabbat is in the middle, and then to the right of Shabbat you have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And to the left of Shabbat, you have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Meaning, uh, 
the Kedusha of this Shabbat starts to uh, appear on Wednesday. You start to feel the Kedusha of the upcoming Shabbat. As you get closer to Shabbat, it's like you're getting closer to the light. And then even after Shabbat ends, there's an aftermath. You still feel the Kedusha of the previous Shabbat on Monday and Tuesday, and uh, Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, which means you shouldn't think Shabbat just ends and they shut the lights off and you're back in Makar Hoshech. No, it's not. It's gradual. It's like a sunset. The Kiddushah of Shabbat gradually wanes until Tuesday. You're done with the previous Shabbat. Now Wednesday already we're starting to uh, uh, appreciate and accept the uh, uh, levels of the upcoming Shabbat. So it doesn't bother me if we would read Mizmoshim and Shabbat on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, and a Friday, because as long as we're reading it at the end of the week, we're already connecting to the upcoming Shabbat. And it's, it's not only theoretical, but the Zohar compares this concept that I just told you to the menorah of the Beit HaMikdash. Just think for a second, imagine what the menorah of the Beit HaMikdash looks like. You have the center candle, which is called the Ner Emsai, or the Ner Tamid. And then you have three candles on the right, and three candles on the left. And if you know anything about the way they lit the menorah, the way they had the light is that the three candles on the right would be leaning towards the center, the flame would be tilted this way, and then the flames to the left, also the uh, flames would be leaning to the center. So you'd have all the flames leaning to the center, and the center would be going up. And they say, the three to the right are Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the three to the left is Monday, Monday, Tuesday, and the middle one is Shabbat. So Shabbat and menorah have a, a connection as well. You're a brilliant lady. That's exactly correct. I see that? A good teacher doesn't have to say it. The student's able to figure it out on itself. It, it's, it also explains that there's a halakha that says that if somebody didn't make Havdalah on Saturday night, you have until Tuesday to make it. And we say, random, Tuesday. I mean, Shabbat definitely ended. I mean, even, even in our school, by Tuesday, Shabbat's over. But the question is, how do you, how do you have until Tuesday? Because the Ha'arav Shabbat... It answers a lot of questions. There's a halakha of, 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 of uh, 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 traveling on a boat. Uh, according to some opinions, you shouldn't travel on a boat three days before the Shabbat. Because already uh, you're going to, uh, uh, you're, it's as if you're planning to be Mahalal Shabbat on the boat. You have to get on the boat from before three days. Different, different rules that apply. But yes, it has to do exactly with that. Uh, I don't know if you, we, we sing, and my grandfather sang it on Friday night. There's a song that we sing after Shalom Aleichem and Eshet Hayel. It's called Azamir Bishbahin. Azamir Bishbahin is from the Arizal. And Azamir Bishbahin, we say, Yemina Usmala Ubenayhu Kalla. What does that mean? Yemina Usmala. The right and the left. Ubenayhu in the middle is the bride. What does it mean? Yemina Usmala Ubenayhu Kalla. Yemina is the days to the right. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Usmala is the days to the left. That's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Ubenayhu in the middle is the Kala. Kala is the Shabbat Kala. And that's what that is I was talking about. As I meant to sing that song? Yeah, it's in all our Sidurim. But it's Syrian? 100%. You say it's not Ashkenazi? No, no, uh, no, madam. And all the Sidurim, including the Kol Yaakov, which follows the Menag of uh, Halab, all, no, no Sidur of this Faradim yeah. would dare to remove Azamir Bishbachin. Now, Arizal. As a rabbi, Yitzhak Luria Ashkenazi, who is the authority of Kabbalah 500 years ago, Sfat. We're reading a book, this is what I read you today, is from his student of Chaim Vital, who learned from the Arizal. Arizal learned from Eliyahu Navi. 
Uh, so he has a good, good uh, pedigree. That was his Havruta. He learned with Eliyahu Navi every day, would come down from heaven and teach him Torah. So he's, he's authoritative. And he wrote the song of Azamir. Actually, uh, if you look at the acronym of Azamir Bishbahin, uh, it's Yitzhak uh, Luria Ashkenazi. It's, it's the acronym of his, uh, of his name. Okay, that's, that's, that's for another time. Anyway, so therefore, no, no question anymore why we're mentioning Moshe at the onset of the Shabbat, because his uh, busyness of Erev Shabbat allows us to experience the Kiddushah, whether giving us back to Orot, or whether making us worthy to receive the Kiddushah of Shabbat, for those that are unworthy, it's, uh, it's a great thing. Okay, Moshe Shabbat. Let's go to Pasugimal for a minute. We're just trying to get the highlights of the chapter. To speak in the day of your kindness and to speak of the faith that we have in you at night. So kindness is connected to the day and imunah is connected to the night. And the explanation the rabbis explain is, is that uh, in life, whether it's the personal lives of people or whether it's the national lives of Klai Yisrael, we have the part of life where we understand things, where things are very clear to us, and that would be represented in day, where we, I see a table is a table, and I see the chair is a chair, and I can see everything clear, and I know where I'm going, and everything is there. So when things are going smooth for a person, we refer to that as the, uh, the days of Boker. Boker means when things are apparent and things are understood and things make sense. Uh, so therefore, in, during those times of life where things are going good and things are working out, so then in those days, we thank God for those chesadim, for the kindness. It's not referring to AMPM over here. Bokir is a mashal to the, to the clear moments in life where you recognize God's kindness, where you see it. And then, uh, and without exception, I'm sorry to tell you, there are the dark times, not PM, the dark times where we don't understand the ways of Hashem. That's called the night. And everybody goes through, I'm sorry to tell you, uh, moments where... Uh, they don't see anything. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Abraham was the first to go through it. He's the biggest sadiq. And God tells him, uh, go take your son that you were waiting for for so many years and slaughter him on the Mizbeah. What? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Abraham was thrown into utter darkness. And without understanding Hashem's ways, what, what, what brings, what energy, what fuels Abraham to get him from where he was to the Akedah? One thing, Emunah. Emunah carries Avram during the time of darkness where he understands nothing from Hashem. Why would Hashem ask me that? And if you look at the Pasuk, it says when he's coming close to the, to the, to the, to the mountain, it says, He saw the place from far. Not everybody learns like that. The word Makom is Hashem's name. Like we say in Haggadah Shal Pesach, Makom is the name of Hashem. Avram saw God from far for the first time in his life. He always saw God from close. It was Boker. 
but now it's foggy. He doesn't understand what God wants him. But Abraham says, okay, sometimes you can have 20-15 vision, and sometimes you're going to be blinded. And this time, he doesn't see anything. But what? His, his legs are moving. He asks Abraham, how are your legs moving? You're doing something that defies any logic. Emunah. is what? He knows. He knows what he's doing. He hasn't made a mistake in so many years. Uh, it's perfect. And therefore, uh, I trust him that uh, he knows what it is and whatever's going to happen, one day he'll explain it to me. And if he doesn't explain it to me, it's also okay. So that's why the Pasuk says, at night, the nights of your lives, the nights of, of uh, not only the nights of the personal life, but the nights of Klai Yisrael. Now, based, based on this, I will explain to you. In the morning, I don't know if you ladies pray. I'll take that back. I know you ladies pray. I just don't know what parts do you pray and what parts do you skip. Uh, don't think the men skip a lot also. But in the tefillah in the morning, we say right after Kiryat Shema, the following. V'yatsib, v'nachon, v'kayam, v'yashad, v'neeman, v'ahuv, v'abib, v'nehmad, v'naim, v'nurab, v'adir, v'tukan, v'kubab, v'tov, v'yafeh. What does that mean? Bore'olam, you're unbelievable. You are right, you are good, you are clear, you are proper, you are pleasant. Because that's the day. The day represents what? And I see everything. Therefore, I can praise God. But at night, what do we say right after Kiryat Shema? At night already represents that we have to say, Hashem is dark. I trust you know what you're doing because I don't understand anything, any of it. Then you have to pull into the reservoir of and look at the tzaddikim. Who is the tzaddik that authored Tefillah Shahrit? The book of Tefillah, Avraham. Well, his life was all uh, rosy. He lived a wonderful life, Avraham. Uh, and besides that, Akedah, more or less, he had, uh, you know, Hesed. And who was the one that wrote Arbit? Yaakov. And no, not, if you're looking up to the Avot that had the most difficult times, Yaakov just goes from one trial to the next tribulation to the next. Uh, so therefore, their tefillot actually correspond to their, to their lives. Abraham's life can be represented in Boker. And Yaakov's life can be represented in Erev. Uh, they wrote the tefillah that most corresponds to their, their, their actually personal experience. So that's what the Pasuk In the morning when things are apparent, we say, God, you're so kind, we appreciate it. But then don't forget... We need to have strong emunah to carry us, especially through the long night of exile. And that's really what it's talking about. This, this, this night of exile uh, is uh, even longer than the nights in the North Pole. Uh, even in the North Pole, after six months, the sun rises. But this uh, exile has lasted for close to 2,000 years, and it's still going. And we don't, well, now we're starting to see the sun rise, actually, but that's for sure. The sun is starting to rise. We can see the light. Why for sure? Why for sure? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you have a right to ask. You have a right to ask. Why for sure? My contract says I have to answer all questions that they ask, so I have to answer you. The, 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 why for sure? We have telltale signs. The Gemara, or the Mishnah at the end of Masechet Sota says, before Mashiach comes, these things have to happen. All of them have happened. With every prediction the Gemara said uh, that's supposed to be 
they've happened already. Uh, just an example, um, children will rise against their parents. Now, that's a new phenomenon. You think that, I mean, it's, it's a new phenomenon from when I was, I was scared of my mother. Uh, I was scared of my father. I respected them. Uh, if they told me you have to come home at 11 o'clock, I shook at 1101. I was scared to, to walk into the house because they're going to put me in the corner, take away dinner. I don't know what. That, that, I don't think uh, any of you have different feelings. My, our generation, there was still reverence uh, to parents. Uh, today it might change. Uh, today there's a casualness. And today there's a, uh, it's not, and that's what I said. For Mashiach comes, it, the respect for parents and elders will deteriorate. We were young, if an old man walked on the subway, uh, half the train got up and said, no, please sit over. Today they mug the guy, they kill him. And that's it. <laughs> they take his wallet and he's dead on the floor. And then that's it, they, they, they walk over him. So it changed. It changed. And that's a telltale sign. Uh, Tell me more there's a lot. There's like How 10, 11. Oh, no, they're done. The list is done. The, the, the bucket list, we checked every bucket. Uh, every, every list. Every box. Inflation which we're probably experiencing now, food prices will go high, etc. Uh, wine will be expensive even though there's, even though there is, um, it says things will be expensive even though there's stock, which, which never happened. Uh, 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 economics say supply and demand. If there's stock, so then prices should not be high. But again, the price is going to be high because everybody wants to have a designer and a name, and therefore, it's nothing to do with the, with the demand anymore. People are going to pay very, very high prices for things that are really not being driven by... You know, and there's things in Israel. Uh, the Zohar Kadosh says, when you start to see the land of Israel produce fruits, you take it for granted. We go to Israel, we see fruits. But for 2,000 years, the land was on strike. The land was not producing anything but thistles and thorns. You, we don't know that because we were, we were born already and the land was producing. But by the way, not too long ago, 1948, we came into the land, we started to cultivate it. I was recently with the Rebbe in Israel, and we were in uh, Har Beracha. It's, it's a place in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the settlements over there, Mount Blessing. And uh, there's a restaurant there, and the guy graduated from Yeshiva Flappish there. He says, uh, hey, don't remember my man, so I listen to your tapes all night. This is my restaurant. Great, beautiful. Uh, uh, he says, and I have a winery. Beautiful, I love wine. Let me taste the wine. I taste the wine. It's unbelievable. You, you, what did you, what did you, you, you became a winemaker? He said, Rabbi, the land is so good over here. You have to be an expert to ruin the wine. Wow. I mean, you just drop the seeds in the ground and anybody can become a winemaker over here. Uh, Parkerated. And, uh, uh, and he, he, he writes, he lives in the Shomron area. That's the area of Shomron. Uh, it's a little dangerous. You should take a bodyguard if you go. But it's a nice area. And on, on the wine, he writes the Pasuk. The pasuk that the prophet predicted. There's going to come a time where they're going to plant vineyards in the mountains of Shomron. And you're seeing with your own eyeballs this prophecy materialized. You see it. And you say, but it must have been like this for 2,000 years. It was not. For 2,000 years, this land was on strike. So these are simple examples where we're starting to see the expansion of our borders, which is happening every single day. We're getting the land of Israel back to its original size. Anyway, that's what the Gemara says. The, 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 the Arizal, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said something else to answer to your question. He said, when, when you start to see the study of Zohar and Kabbalah become 
more mainstream prepare. Now you must know that the study of these esoteric books for years, even from when we were young, unless you were a Kabbalist, you had no access. Today, even simpletons like myself can buy books that have the most easy interpretations to these very, very lofty principles. So what do you see? This study is starting to become accessible to the masses. When you start to see, and Abisha one predicted it, because it wasn't always like that. Kabbalists, there was, uh, you know, they were in their cave in, in Meron, and you know, they, they, they were the silent minority. Today, people know it. The, the wisdom is being, uh, and that's, that's a sign. So again, there's a lot of things like that. So there's no doubt that we're at the end, but it's a long night. It's a long night. And <laughs> to make it a full answer, and this is part of the, the chapter, so I, I will use the following interpretation to answer your question and to explain the chapter. The chapter has to be explained as well in the following uh, way, in the following context. There's seven days of the week. The seventh day being Shabbat, which is the Yom Menuhah, the day of rest. The Zora Kadosh says, and it's a Gemara as well, the world cannot exist for more than 6,000 years. That's the expiration date of Olam, the Olam as we know it. So there's 6,000, and then once you get to the year 6,000, you're starting the seventh millennium. So when you get to the year 6,000, that's already Shabbat in, 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 in the time of the, uh, of the world. Understand now what I'm saying? What happens at 6,000? <laughs> Everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know. No, not Olam Abba, no. What happens at 6,000? What's going to happen? Nothing to be scared. And we should be looking forward to it. At 6,000, then already it's called the years of Mashiach. Yimot Mashiach. It's going to be for 1,000 years. Not everybody makes it. You, you'll make it. Don't worry about it. Whoever comes to the tailing class, I'll make sure that you're in. That's Yimot uh, Mashiach. Uh, and it's a bliss time. It's just, uh, there's no fighting. There's no mahlukin in the world. The Jews are accepted, not only accepted, but the Jews are on top. The king is the Mashiach. B'nai could serve Hashem you know, easily. There's not going to be distractions. It's going to be a very blissful world, but according to the majority of the opinion, it's going to be the world. Meaning, But it's not going to be hard to make money and buy food and all these things are going to be easy so we can be free to serve Hashem. It's, it's going to be an amazing existence. It's going to be panacea. That's it from 6,000. The world will still be. I don't know. I don't know if the bank is going to still be here, but you'll have more or less. Uh, you know, is, is the fruit store still going to be here? Maybe, yeah, maybe no. But things are going to be different in the sense that it's going to be easy. You're not going to, have to be worried about the nonsensical things. And then after those thousand years, then we move to the next phase, which is the eighth millennium, which is Olam Abba. So that's the that's the plan, ladies. All right, so we have a plan. Now, we are now. I, I can't. Ex- I, I, don't, don't make. Don't. don't, don't uh, I'll, I'll explain. I know. I know. I know. I know. I, opened up, I, know I opened up a Pandora's box with Olam Abba. I know. Everybody's fascinated by Olam Abba. But let, 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 let me just. I'll get you there. I'll get you there. We'll get there. Now we're 5783. So, I mean, the, the lion's share of history is behind us. I mean, even if we go to the end. I do the math. We're 783, 883, 983. So 
if we go to the expiration date, it's 217 years, which is nothing. That means, I, I, I'm convinced that we're going to see it. But let's, let's, I'm convinced of that, but let's hypothetically talk pessimist, which I'm not a pessimist at all, but hypothetical. If you don't see it, your grandchildren are going to see it. Uh, and your great grandchildren. So, so then who could say that? Our, our great grandparents, when, we, when we're 2,000 years out, you're in the year 4,000 of creation. You say, well, uh, we're still on Thursday. We, 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 we have so much to go. Now we're ready. Uh, since we're at the end, you're starting to see stuff percolate a little. You need to stop moving. So let, let's, let's say it like this. Once we ended, once we ended, once we entered the year 5,000, that's the, uh, already uh, the sixth day. That's the sixth millennium. So we entered Friday. Meaning if, if we're saying that each thousand is corresponding a day of the week, when we got to 5,500, that's Friday midday. Now you know already Friday midday, you got to get it ready for Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Already we're past midday now. Now it's 57, at 57.50, we're already Friday afternoon where the sun is starting to set. Which means now already, that's it. Now last minute preparations before, that's where now... What does the streets look like? Ereb Shabbat uh, in the afternoon. It's, 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 it's very busy. Why? Because people sense the Shabbat coming and therefore they know they have to make preparations. What we're seeing now in the Jewish world is that people feel a sense of urgency. They don't know why they feel the sense of urgency, but people are starting to make Teshuvah, and come back and starting to feel a need to learn and uh, tend to their soul. It's the, but why? You, you were not religious and your family is not. I don't know. I just I went to a class. And, and look how much is available because as the sun sets in world history, God puts the last feeling in the people. Listen, if you don't do it now, you, listen, once Shabbat comes, if a person did not prepare before Shabbat, you can't do anything on Shabbat. If the person didn't plug in the urn and didn't put on the hameen, once Shabbat comes and the kids say, oh, mommy, I want hot tea. Uh, sorry, I forgot to put... Now what? I'm sorry, it's, it can't do anything. Shabbat. Once we get to 6,000, then uh, all the people are going to wake up and say, oh, I'm in. Now, now you're in? Of course, now, you're, now, Mashiach's here. now you see all the glory. Where were you yesterday? Now, yesterday you were enjoying yourself. Yesterday when we told you, are you in? You said, ah, you religious people, nonsense. But now that you see it, so it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback. After the game is over, you say, oh, yeah, I, I knew that's going to happen. Why don't you tell me the day before? So therefore, and look what's going on in our community. Our community is not an exception. It's going like it's happening all over the world. Just think again. You don't have to think so far back. In our parents' and grandparents' generation, there was this wave of teshuvah, of learning, of shoes, but bedrash. Well, it's a perfect example. There, was, there wasn't this. Yeah, there was traditional people. Uh, they went to work. They did their thing. There wasn't, uh, uh, you know, in the morning you go to school, people are learning Gebara, and you go at night and they're studying and there's awareness and everybody has a class that they go to. If I ask my grandmother, uh, what class do you go? I don't know any class. I don't know. I go to shul, Rabbi Hex, 15 minutes on Shabbat. That's my class. What was the class? And that was considered a great accomplishment. You, you listen to the rabbi, 15 minutes in Shabbat. I'm not being facetious. There was nothing available. And if you were a great, great scholar, you went to Rabbi Batu Babari, and he had 10 students sitting around the table, and, uh, but the bourgeoisie just, you know. So that's not for everybody. 
I know from, from Lawrence Avenue Synagogue. Chabaruch Alev Shalom. I remember it clearly. I used to walk him out of Manha. We used to finish Manha at 7 p.m. In the summer, it's still broad daylight. And we would walk out. He would take the key, lock the shul, lock the shul. At 7 o'clock, that's at sea in the morning. We laugh at that. You, well, you locked the shul. Nobody came back. Nobody <coughs> thought to came back. Unless the guy forgot his sunglasses in the shul, they had nobody to come back. And the shul's locked. That's it. And, 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 and nobody thought, Rabbi, isn't it early to lock a shul? Today, go to Lawrence Avenue. They have to, they, the shul's open 24 hours. Because people are learning all night, coming and going. What happened? In one generation, something changed. In Shadis Siyon, they didn't have a library. The library was on the third floor. And there was a fire on the third floor. That was Rabbi Matlub's library. It burnt. There was a fire in Shadis Siyon. The famous fire in the Rabbi Matlub's library. All those books burned. I don't know if you can still go up and see the library. But I used to learn at Mac Tower. I'll never show my friends in the library. And we used to see all this old burn. You touch the book and it just disintegrates. And guess what? Nobody lost any sleep. Because who was using books in those days? In Sharia Sion, there was only two books. The Humash and the Sidur. And maybe a Chokli Israel, maybe a Tehli, but there was no library. If you walked and said, oh, I need Gemara Nazir. Nazir, what are you, you're a Nazir? What are you, what are you doing? What do you need Gemara Nazir for? Go to Mary Yeshiva. There's a Sharia Sion over there. And, and, and nobody thought we were missing anything. We thought this is what a shul is. Three books. Today... I mean, go to Lawrence Avenue. I, I, I'm, I'm not embarrassed, but we had the most simplistic library. Nothing. Nothing in the library. with was a very basic Sidurim and Humashim. Today we have the biggest library in the community, Judaic. We have 10,000 books. Now you say, wait, something must have changed. There must be a need for these books. And there is. What happened? I don't know. That's just, that, it's before Mashiach. And therefore, people are starting to recognize that there's more to life than, uh, you know, a bridge and canast and all the other fun stuff. And there's uh, more important things that we have to tend to from time to time. You wouldn't be here if you didn't think that. That's why you're here. What are you doing here? You came because you feel something. I, don't, I can't tell you what you feel, what, 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 what provoked you. But so that's, that's what's happening. So to answer your question, how do I know? Look at the time we're in. We're Friday, Erev Shabbat. So already you could start seeing the sunset and you know that it's, it's, it's going to happen imminently. And then go look what's going on in the world. And you start to see, you know, uh, people are getting a little agitated in Europe and all those different things that are happening. We don't know exactly if it means anything or not, but all these things are part of the process until Borei finally brings the redemption. So therefore, every Shabbat, meaning weekday Shabbat, it reminds us of the worldly Shabbat, which is the Shabbat of Mashiach. So therefore, when we say Mizmor Shili Yom Shabbat, we're also referring to the, the final Shabbat. Now, don't take my word for it. Look at Rashi. Liyom Shabbat. Shabbatot. We say this Mizmor on Shabbat. Now look what he says. Vehu medaber it's referring to the next world. That she uses the word olam haba loosely to mean the next world, meaning phase 6000, which is already the next world compared to what's going on over here. You want the Mashiach and then ultimately to olam haba. So that's the way that she learns the text over here. So it's a, it's a great thing. So that's... That explains what we're experiencing in the community and in the Jewish world. There was no such thing as Baal Teshuvah. 
These are all new concepts. I know where we were brought up with them in the recent, that's a part of our jargon. Oh yeah, he's about to shuvah. In the olden days, if you were religious, you were religious. And if you weren't religious, you stayed not religious. That's the way it was. No such thing so the lady comes in and she starts uh, covering her hair. It would be on the front page of the newspaper. Well, the lady starts to, what happened to you? You got hit by lightning. But today, every day you see it. This lady does this, and this man does that, and, and nobody even thinks about it. Oh, yeah, she, another, another one uh, got whatever. This is signs that we're close to the end, and everybody's there for, uh, they feel maybe a sense of urgency. They feel something that they need to uh, make uh, adjustments just so they're, just so they're covered, um, you know, more or less. Yeshiva uh, education, which didn't exist. My parents went to public school, uh, didn't exist. Uh, today, who would think to send their kids to public school? It doesn't exist anymore today, you know. Uh, everybody sends their kids to yeshiva. So that's already a sign that we're getting to the, to the end. So that's Mizmor Shiliyom Shabbat in the sense of the global Shabbat. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. The Gemara or the Zohar says there's three. We might need a, a, a part two for this chapter. And I'm not against it. I'm not against doing a chapter for two weeks. No, it's, it's, it's okay if we have to do it. It's an important chapter. We didn't get anywhere. <laughs> Don't ask for your money back. We only did one pasuk. It's a rip-off over here. We did one pasuk. Anyway, there's, there's, there's three major Shabbatot that we talk about in history. There's uh, the first Shabbat. That's Adam's Shabbat, the first Shabbat in history. That's the, uh, the, uh, the anniversary, the, 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 the inaugural, I should say, the inaugural Shabbat. That's the first Shabbat of creation. The next significant Shabbat was the Shabbat of Matan Torah, because the Torah was given on Shabbat. That was another you know, blockbuster of Shabbat. And the last Shabbat, which is going to be the blockbuster Shabbat, is the Shabbat of Mashiach, which is what this chapter is talking about as well. If you look at the Amidot, on Shabbat, we have three Amidahs. Each Amidah signals to one of these blockbuster Shabbatot. On Friday night, we say, Atakidashta. You consecrated the Shabbat, and we talk about how God created the world. Friday night is all about the first Shabbat. Second Shabbat is Shabbat morning. What do we say in the Amidah? So we talk about Matan Torah, because Matan Torah is Shabbat. The third Amidah is Menha. Oh, that already. Menha already, if you know, we always talk about this, you're already the Shabbat. The Shabbat grows on you. People think, if you ask, I'm an artist, they tell you, what's the best part? Oh, Friday night, I love Friday night, that's the best part. And then, uh, what happens, Shabbat afternoon, oh, then I'm just waiting for it to end. So they think that Shabbat starts on top and then just declines, and by the time Shabbat's over, thank God, you know, thank God it's over, see you next week. But the people who know, realize that Shabbat actually ascends. Friday night it starts, and then Shabbat morning it's on a higher level. And when you get to Minha, you're at the crescendo of Shabbat. You're at the top of the mountain. That's the, that's the highlight of the Shabbat. I mean, that's the holiest part. And that's why at that moment, the Amidah of Minha is, Ata'ihad, 
Now we're not talking about Moshe anymore. Only God. Atah Echad. Veshemcha Echad. We're talking about the oneness of God. Umicha Amecha Esegoy Echad Ba'aris. Teferet Gidula. Va'atirin Yom Menuhag Lushan Amecha Natata. And then we come along and we say that uh, about the Kiddushah, Ve'al Menuhatam Yagdishu Et Shemecha. Menuhatam means the Menuhah V'nei Yisrael, meaning when Mashiach comes. We start to talk about the ultimate Menuhah, the time of the uh, coming of Mashiach. So therefore, Menuhah time is the, the apex where we, in the, in the yeshivas, the boys sing songs in Menuhah time. I'm not going to teach you the songs, but we sing songs in the yeshiva in Menuhah time. And a lot of the songs have to do with Mashiach. Mm-hmm. Praying for the Mashiach to come, and praying for the remedies, and the, the Yeshuot. And this chapter over here actually uh, is a reference to the, all three Shabbatot. It's a reference to the Moshe, which would be obviously Har Sinai Shabbat. According uh, to uh, comes up with opinions, Adam wrote this chapter when he experienced the first Shabbat, so it's a reference to Adam. And like Rashi told us, the Shabbat is actually referring to the Shabbat of Mashiach. So therefore, all three, we should think about this when we, when we say the chapter. Even these first Pesukim over here uh, have a lot what to offer. All right, ladies, we'll, uh, we'll call it over here today. Uh, we'll continue this Hashem uh, next week.